I feel the master. I feel we the master. Y'all ready? ready? Well, come on. We come on. ready? Y'all ready? Mission accomplished, right? <laughs> hey guys, welcome back to House of Hail. I'm Charlie Prue, and this is episode number 16 of season number two. Yeah, I skipped last week. Bye week. I was going to do one, but it's a bye week. It's a bye week. Um, listen, I really want to start by talking about the Northwestern game, and then... It's time we admit it, guys. Really. Michigan State is Michigan's number one in-state rival. It's truish. It's truish. So, let me try a shorter format <laughs> to do the House of Hill housekeeping. As usual, thank you to everyone for listening and passing along House of Hail podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, iTunes, Overcast, and Anchor. And I'm sure I left some out. And also a big thank you to everyone uh, checking out the House Hail Facebook and Instagram pages. Remember to message me uh, for your free swag bag, and you never know. There might be a little random extra swag in there. Maybe. Maybe. Can't guarantee anything, but maybe. Give it a shot. At worst case scenario, you're getting swag. So, boom, you win. All right. That wasn't so bad, I guess. That was probably the quickest I've ever done it. And maybe I'm on to something here. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Northwestern. Um, playing for the new George Jewett Trophy. It's always good to add another trophy to our case, right? And... No one is more deserving of this honor than George Jewett, the first African-American football player at both Michigan and Northwestern, and went on to get his medical degree. Um, eventually, he came back to Ann Arbor to open a business. I think it was called the Valet, if I'm not mistaken. Pretty cool story, though. Check it out. And a side note, I thought I saw somewhere in there where he had to abruptly leave Michigan because of a dispute he got with a medical, um, with one of his professors. So he, then that's why he transferred to Northwestern. I don't, pretty neat story. Um, all right, Northwestern time. So first quarter, both teams are still kind of just smelling each other out. No score. And by the way, I bet on the point spread for Michigan <laughs> to win this game, and I almost had a heart attack yesterday, but it turned out good. But I was a little nervous there in the beginning. 
Um, the other thing is, side note, I also bet on the Cincinnati game against Navy. I bet the point spread. I figured Cincinnati would kill them. And I lost that game miserably. So thanks, Michigan, for covering the point spread and covering my loss for Cincinnati. So the first quarter is a bust. On to the second quarter where everything started opening up for us. Here's our problem. Michigan had a chance to go up 14-0 from the Northwestern two-yard line, and we decide to kick the field goal. Mmm. Mmm. Why? I feel like, and I'm sure I've said this before to you guys, if you can't get two yards at home, from your two-yard line to score. Like, it's not enough incentive to get a first down. You get a touchdown. You might as well kick field goals every time you get inside the 20-yard line. Save the clock. Get more field goals. Um, Because our next game, we will not be able to be that conservative. If we're on the two-yard line, we need to go for that. And if we don't get it, we need to plan on our defense is going to get a safety out of this anyway. Um, we just can't be that conservative like that on our two-yard line, or on their two-yard line, I mean. And a funny thing happened after that. Um, Northwestern ran a 75-yard touchdown to make it a 10-7 game. I was not feeling good at that point. N- Northwestern blew the entire middle out of our O-line, which is another thing that can't happen next Saturday. And to be honest, that's a pretty rare thing. Uh, I think they got us in... I don't think we were set. I really don't. I think we looked confused, and I think they just got us on that play. And it really didn't happen anymore after that so obviously we fixed what went wrong they seem to have a lot of luck getting out to our edges though did you guys see that like every play they had it was swung out to the side and and they would get not tons of yardage but enough and um oh don't forget about that uh catch fumble by Sander still. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Woo! And I mean, just seconds before halftime. Oh well. We go into halftime anyway, 10 7, right? That's not respectable. <laughs> well, we get the ball because we deferred. So we come out swinging in the second half. Um, seven plays, 74 yards, and a touchdown. Back on track, 17-7. That's all Northwestern would get. Um, but hey, we followed by a missed field goal attempt. We they actually got in field goal range, which I was not happy with either. I felt like we were good enough to even keep them out of field goal range the whole game, and we really couldn't do that. Um. 
We ended up eventually doing it, but thank God they missed a field goal, and it was a pretty windy day. Let's give them that. <laughs> Just trying to be nice. It's the George Jewett Trophy. Um, but that because they missed that, it led to a to a Michigan touchdown, making a twenty four seven Michigan lead. Um, off of a thir- that was a thirteen yard Haskins touchdown run. I was going to say Corum, but nope, that was Haskins. And then something amazing happened. Did you see that DJ Turner intercept? You knew I had to talk about that. Come on, the DJ Turner interception. He just said, tip, tip, thank you. I mean, he stole it. He tipped it out of his hand, tipped it to himself, caught it, and stole it. And I thought he was gone. And I think the team thought he was gone, too. That was Pretty sweet. Um, and how about that special teams pump block by Cornelius Johnson? Even Caden Colazar got in on it, returning the block punt to the Northwestern 24-yard line. Um, it was good to see special teams show up in a in the punt situation in a big way. And thank the stars. <laughs> Michigan would go on to score another field goal and touchdown to win the game 33-7. 33-7. Um and I'll be honest, in that final like literally the final stretch, like the final 30 seconds or so or you know, I'll say final minute. I thought Northwestern could have definitely kicked a field goal and uh, just got some extra points on the board. And had they done that, it would have screwed me on the point spread. <laughs> I was just praying in the stands, please don't kick. And they didn't. They let the time run out. And good for them for doing that. Um, yeah, so it was it a great game? No. It was serviceable and a good game. And I'm not going to bitch about a 7-0 and start when a lot of uh, analysts picked us to win five games. So let's just go over a few stats of this this game really quick. We have uh, Michigan 28 first downs to Northwestern's 10 first downs. Good D. Um, Michigan went 12 of 20 on third down. Northwestern went 4 of 14. And that's, that's really huge. Third downs are really a tail of the game. You win third downs, usually win the game. Uh, Michigan, 163 passing yards, which that ain't going to cut it, Princess. That ain't going to cut it. Northwestern got 133 pass yards, which that's even too much for us to allow to them. Uh, Michigan, 294 rushing yards, with Blake Corum having 119 and Haskins having 110. Uh, both teams had two turnovers, which slot by Michigan. Um, time of possession was pretty awesome, though. Almost 40 minutes for Michigan and 20 minutes for Northwestern, just over 20 minutes for Northwestern. Time of possession uh, does not reflect the score, in my opinion, though. it's. Uh, I just feel like we should have won by more. I feel like my prediction was even, I think my hunch was 41-17 or 45-17. I, 
I felt like I was just being kind giving Northwestern 17. Um, but I definitely feel like Michigan should have scored 45. We left a lot on the table. We need to clean that up because our schedule does not get any better. It gets uh, just crazy hard <laughs> from this point on. Um, and let's remember, Northwestern has the worst run defense in the Big Ten. So, of course it makes sense Michigan would game plan a run-heavy uh, run game. So, yeah, would you have liked to see more passing yards and more deep balls? Absolutely. How about even more mid-range balls? Absolutely. I think, uh, without a specific stat, I believe Michigan, we average around five yards a throw. I think it was like 4.9, if I'm remembering correctly. That it's not good. That's not good enough for what we want to do. That's not good enough. You're not going to beat these next teams coming up. And, yeah, Penn State lost two games. They suck, but they don't really suck. <laughs> you can't count a win on that game for us. Um, we're just not going to be able to perform like that every week. It's not going to work. Um, so going into our state rivalry, our, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, our in-state rivalry week. Yeah. You, as in we, should be nervous. Michigan has so much to clean up. Our red zone offense is horrible. Horrible. If you're on their two-yard line and cannot punch it in and don't have enough trust to punch in two yards. You could rumble Haskins up the middle for two yards. You could quarterback sneak JJ for two yards. You could do it. You know you could do it. Why wouldn't you do that? You kick a field goal. Field goals aren't going to cut it from here on out. We might win by a field goal, but they're not going to cut it from here on out for us. We need touchdowns. Um... And, and I bet that that's really good for Cade to hear all the boos for him <laughs> when he comes out. And how about the cheers for J.J. when J.J. comes in? Look, guys, we all know who we want. The, probably, I'll bet it's the majority of us, or of you, of us, being Michigan fans, would like to see J.J. start. We're very excited for this true freshman to start. We haven't been this excited for a true freshman to start, well, probably since Dylan McCaffrey. We probably all would have, uh, if it was a vote, we probably would have had him start. You know we would have. Would he have been ready? Probably not. Would JJ be ready? Probably more than Dylan. Um... And there's no doubt J.J. will be our starter. No doubt. There's no doubt. And look, the thing we're getting... It's, it, it's, it's very hard. <laughs> I, I, I've been... You got to understand. I argue this point and I'm beginning to, to argue against my own points because... I want to see Michigan open it up, and maybe J.J. would be our better option here. So maybe I'm arguing against my own point, but 
But Cade, yeah, his deep ball is suspect at best. It's not there. And his he checks down a lot. He really does. But he's very efficient. And what happens is if you pull Cade, what, what happens then? If you pull him for no reason except to start J.J., Cade's confidence, shot, done. Then let's say you start J.J. Let's say you start freshman quarterback J.J. McCarthy. He comes in and plays the hardest stretch of games that Michigan has this whole season. And he struggles. Hmm. Well, you've shot Cade's confidence already. And yeah, there's... Should he be able to come back in and play? Hopefully. But you've definitely told him, you know, your your game plan was never him. So what do you do? I guess you bring in Dan Valari, right? No, you can't do that. Um, the thing we're getting with Cade is predictability and consistency. And it's just not at the level we want. As Michigan fans, I get you. I'm with you. But like Joel Klatt said, with that comes a ceiling with this offense. So, yeah, we're getting predictability and consistency, but it's, it's, it's coming with a price, a ceiling. We know what we can do. We know what we cannot do, more importantly, and we're not doing that, um, i.e. the deep ball. At some point... We're going to need J.J., and, and I think we have during this season already. I think this offense has run stagnant at times, and they've inserted J.J. for a, a dose of adrenaline, and it's worked. Um, I think we'll see him more. Our receivers had no separation in this Northwestern game also, so keep that in mind also. You know, no separation, no throw. Maybe Cade did overthrow um, <laughs> our receivers. Maybe he was trying to lead them because they were so covered. I don't know. I mean, I'm not making excuses for the guy, but think about it. My prediction is we will see more and more of JJ until the transformation is complete, and it will be complete. I mean, Cade had one pass completion and three attempts in the second half, so that can't be our identity. We'll have to put it together. We just, we have to. We don't have a choice. Um, next, let's just move on from there. The, we could argue the quarterback thing for years. The same guys. <laughs> but next, next! Look, we're 7-0 and going into Sharton Stadium, and if history tells us anything, it's that the road team wins. And yes, I think J.J. will see more and more playing time, and I think he'll see it in this game. In this game. He has more raw talent. I get that. Some people are so mad that we're 7-0, and though. Don't they remember... Most analysts picked us to go five and five to seven wins. Um, well, 
that's not going to happen. I think we all can agree that that we're too good of a team, even at this point, with the schedule in front of us, that that's just not going to happen, you guys. Do I think we'll win out? I hope we'll win out. I'll probably, to be honest with you guys, predict us to win out. Um, a lot hinges in this next game with uh, Michigan State. Um, I, I just personally believe we are knocking on the door. Whatever door that is, nobody's answered yet, but we're knocking. So after scoring the uh, George Jewett Rivalry Trophy, we are at our in-state rivalry week in Suckett, Michigan State. Are you worried? Me too. We all know their quarterback is kind of lighting it up right now. And, of course, um, their running back, Walker the Third. Mr. In the Heisman talks right now. And he's looking good for it, too. And then they have a deep threat also, guys, Jalen Naylor. So let's do some comparison shopping here. Um, When State played Nebraska, it took overtime for them to defeat Nebraska. And they defeated them by, I think it was two or three points. Um, We beat them by three points in regular time. That was mostly Nebraska's fault, though. State, <laughs> State played Indiana, and they squeaked out a 2015 victory over them. Um, Western Kentucky put up 31 points on Michigan State. Northwestern put up 21 points against Michigan State. Michigan is by far the best defensive uh, defensive team State has faced so will face so far this season at least so far for them so and offense by the way so here's the question how does Michigan the Wolverines your Wolverines contain Mr. Walker the third well we stack the box right well hold on if we do that uh we leave our safeties, we leave our deeps all alone in the backfield. And remember that scheme the last few years? Hmm. So maybe a hybrid version of that would be um, like stack the box light and help out on, on, one, on either side, on one side or the other. Um... Vincent Gray's playing better. He might need the help. So maybe there's an option. Just like maybe scheme in some hybrid. I'm not saying all the time, but scheme it in. Make them think you're stacking the box and bail out of it. And I'm sure we will. Uh, What I do know is if Walker gets out, we're in trouble. And Northwestern showed us we need help on our edges. Um... However, this is how I feel. Michigan's D-line is just too good to allow any consistent running from MSU. I'm not saying they're not going to they're too good to not break out some runs and don't expect that just not to happen. It's going to happen. Take it. Relax. You you can't you can't keep somebody like Walker the 3rd down. He's going to find a way. 
um, same as our backs. Thunder and lightning. They're going to find a way. I mean, whether they combine for over 100 yards or 150 yards or they each get 150 yards, they're going to find a way. So I do believe um, Michigan State, that is, will be challenging our corners a lot in this game. State's O-line hasn't allowed many sacks on um, Peyton Thorne, their quarterback. And they're just blowing holes open for the running back, Kellen Walker III. But they haven't played a defense as strong as ours. With uh, Hill Green, you know, that guy, that guy's shown out. He's, he's, my expectations for him, he's blowing them out of the water. He's, he's the real deal. Uh, Chris Hinton up right up the gut. We got Josh Ross, Aiden on the edge. Um, and from his upright position, whew, look out. You know, he's bringing it. Dax on the safety blitz, that could work. If we can get their um, quarterback, Thorne, if we can get him out of the pocket and and running out to either side, that's probably to our advantage, wouldn't you think? <laughs> so, because that's all he's done. Let's make him beat us like that, gentlemen. Because Peyton Thorne has just been allowed to sit back in every game and pick his targets. His line is pretty damn good. But that ends in this game. <laughs> done. That's my score. That's my, I should have been like, like that. That's better. That's done. Now it's time for our turn to kick a little ass. And as far as Michigan offense goes, the Wolverines offense goes, um, listen, like I said, we can debate the quarterback thing forever, but the fact is, Michigan has the number six rushing offense in the NCAA. Michigan State has the 34th ranked rushing defense in the NCAA. That's, I mean, I'm no math magician, but those numbers seem to favor Michigan. And I know you can't win on paper, because if you could, Michigan would win every year. <laughs> Sorry, Shari. I'm just saying, we're pretty good two, you know, Michigan that is. Michigan is the most complete team Michigan State has faced all season. The same could be said for Michigan. I understand that. And I'll tell you, um, being away for this game, does that scare you guys to play in East Lansing? A little, it doesn't really scare me a lot. The history of this game is just goes the opposite way. Um, but listen, I'm here's my prediction: is we're about to shit in their Halloween baskets and make them dig through it for the candy. Sorry for the analogy; it's true. 
<laughs> I think we see more JJ in this first half of this game. That will be the difference. That's my prediction. I think JJ will be more prominent in the first half, especially. Um, and I also think we'll see some new things. I Mark my words, we will see some things we haven't seen before. Whether they work or not, they will. <laughs> you thought I was going to say, maybe so, maybe not. Nope, they will work. Um, it'll be interesting to see if we stack the box um, to try to stop the run and risk the deep ball. If we do that, we need to get Thor on the run when he throws. He cannot stand in there. And I don't think Josh Ross, and I don't think Aiden Hutch, and I don't think Chris Hitton, uh, Maisie Smith, I do not think they will allow him to stand in that pocket at any point in that game. I think we are too deep and too strong for that Michigan offensive line to outlast us the entire game. The first quarter, they're going to play strong. They're at home. I'll give you even coming out of the second half, come, or coming into the second half, they're going to come out of halftime strong. Do not fret. They cannot outlast us. We are Michigan. Remember that. Thank you. Soapbox. Cap. No cap. Bam. Um, we're just too strong, guys. I just think Michigan will be too much for the Shartans in the end. The beginning, yeah, they're going to hang with us. They, and they should. They're a good team. They're at home. They're undefeated. Pride. Um, listen, I do believe Michigan will pull out a close one, but we're going to need more than 150 yards and passing to do it. We just are. So, cause they're going to keep our rushing in check, but they're not going to shut us down. They're not going to shut us down. They'll keep us in check. We're just going to need more of a pass threat. If we can establish the pass threat early, our running game will find itself. Watch. So, I am predicting a very defensive game. And with all that, are you ready? Snappy fingers, snappy fingers. The House of Hail Hunch is Michigan 27, Michigan State University. 24. Go blue. So listen, everyone. Enjoy in-state rivalry week. Give them their due. There are in-state rivals. We'll finally admit it. And hey, I got through an entire episode without calling the Shartans little brother. That's pretty good. I did it the entire episode. I got through it without saying, hey, Michigan State or little brother or little bro. I didn't do it. So, listen, stay tuned to the House of Hale Facebook page. And I don't know how you stay tuned to a page, but check in. Check into the page every day. For daily memes, it's in-state rivalry week. So, daily memes about our little bro which I didn't call them this whole episode. 
Give me props. Give me props on Facebook for that and Instagram. I'll take them. Um, but yeah, I'll put I'll post some uh, good daily memes about our little bro up the street. And message me for your free swag bags. You might find something extra in them this time. And as always, thanks for listening to House of Hail on your favorite listening platforms. You know them all. Don't make me leave one out. And, hey, Michigan State, we're coming. We're coming to fuck up your house. We're coming to fuck up your house this time. (laughs) It's over. We got them, guys. We got them right where we want them. Thanks for listening to House of Hail, where those who stay will be champions. Go Blue!